I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon, Anwar. Hello, hello. And welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Discast. I've been really excited about this one. Yes, uh, because uh, you said last time that you hadn't actually, did you, have you actually never seen Cinderella? Oh, no, no, I've seen Cinderella. I had it on okay. VHS, and I, um, I I think I got it when I was two or three. Anyway, it was one of those ones, like The Little Mermaid, that I watched over and over and over and over and over and ah. over again, and uh, watching it again now, because I haven't seen it in a while. I saw the Lily James version much more recently. It was mm-hmm. um, really, really lovely, and it's really good. It's really good. It's really yeah. good. It's yeah. it's kind of hilarious, but like uh, some things. We'll get to it. I'm not going to tell you what's hilarious yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> Don't click out because I have a, a hilarious observation I definitely won't forget. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Let's start with Disney news. For, yes. For now, we got some Disney news. So a uh, couple things. Uh, number one being that uh, the parks are starting to loosen up a little on their... Uh, restrictions and uh, COVID regulations. I know that uh, I believe Disney World is actually removing their mask mandate. Yes. I'm not sure of exactly the details um, because I, I, I believe it's it's optional. Like cast members are basically still wearing them, but you don't yeah. have to wear them in outdoor spaces. Yeah. And um, Disneyland, I think, had said that at some point, or I think they're also removing temperature checks, hmm. I believe as well. That's cool. Yeah, so just like small little changes and things, but uh, that that are kind of corresponding with the with the reduction of cases and things, and also with people getting vaccinated. Uh, so yeah, so just movements in uh, in a very very nice direction, I think. I right, agree, really and maybe that yeah. means because soon we're all going to be vaccinated. Maybe that yes. means Fairlith and Anwar can go to Disneyland. I gotta go to Disneyland, Anwar. It'll be it'll be great. It's my be trip. Great. Yes. My gosh, I scheduled my first trip to Disneyland since 2010 for September 2020, and I did that in early 2019, and now I've just I've just lost my will to live. I can't, <laughs> I can't deal anymore. I need to go. I got so excited. I hyped myself up so bad. I made all these reminders of like when I should book my reservations at the Blue Bayou and all this stuff. Well, now I do Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> That, well, that's all now, I have to say about that. <laughs> well, you can still make, you can still kind of make them for like, probably for the fall. Yeah, but like, can I? Will the border be open in the fall, or will it be open in twenty twenty two? If I make all these reservations, if I if I go to all the trouble of of you know having multiple screens open so I can definitely get my reservations and everything, <laughs> and I have to cancel them, I'm going to go on some kind of spree, not a murder spree, something gentler, but like maybe a <laughs> glitter bombing spree. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it will affect my psyche if I do all that like really obsessive spreadsheety Disney planning and it's taken away from me i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> i mean that's fair all of that all, all of all of that just planning and everything out the window i can i can get that for sure mm-hmm. uh, um like what i've been doing lately like you don't understand like okay so i need to tell our listeners this about myself and i don't usually like to talk about myself but for context um i went to i've been to disneyland four times Twice as a child with my mom and uh, a couple of her friends, and that was fine. But you know, it wasn't 
it, it was it, it i i wasn't the the captain of the ship you know i was a child i didn't know what was available to me i just went where i was guided um then as a teen i went to disneyland paris but only for half a day and it was too little and i was too scared to go on the indiana jones roller coaster and i was too scared to go on space mountain because my mom wanted to shop and i went around by myself but i was too scared so i didn't get to go on everything and then i went for one day because there was a rocky horror convention um i do rocky horror shadow casting uh there's a rocky horror convention in la and i went for one day but not even into the evening not even into the evening just like well after opening and well before close i was there i went on some rides so then i realized i've been following all these blogs and i've been following all the these instagrams and i do nothing but watch disneyland videos on youtube and i just it just occurred to me one day i could just go there i could just go to disneyland anytime i want it's only a two-day drive i could have just done that this whole time so i thought very romantically okay fairleth you're gonna go but you're gonna wait for your honeymoon which is gonna be in september 2020 <laughs> And uh, obviously that didn't happen. So now mm. I have a bee in my bonnet about it, I tell you. And Batu <laughs> is opened and Avengers Campus is opening. And I yep. just feel like I've gone completely boneless and I'm just waiting for Disneyland to open up so I can live my best life finally after 30 <laughs> years. And I'm I'm very, this <laughs> virus, this, can I swear this virus is an asshole and I'm over it. <laughs> And, and that's where I'm yeah. at. So I've been yeah. watching videos, reaction videos of um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Tower of Terror to uh, make myself happy. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, there's this video. I'm actually going to send it to you right now so you can put it in the show notes. I want everyone to watch this video because it is the best video of all time. So they uh, when they open Mission Breakout, and I know I'm, I'm totally digressing here, but I'm very happy to talk about it. And I have ADHD and didn't take my Ritalin today so that I could get high after my vaccination, which is today. So enjoy my non-Ritalin Disneyland thoughts. Um, <laughs> so I've been, um, when, when Mission Breakout opened, they invited journalists and they put a point of view camera in the actual car so you could watch the reactions of the people. Oh, yes. <laughs> And they're all funny because all the reporters are, um, they, they always pick the funniest reporters. And there's a lot of ones that are like in their 50s that don't really know what to expect oh and God. haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. That's but fabulous. there's this one guy who um, I think we'd be good friends. And uh, it's a fellow for ABC 30 News. And he's wearing giant Groot gloves, rubber Groot gloves that go up to his elbow that give him Groot hands. And he's he's describing the ride at first. And if you don't know what Mission Breakout is, it's um, I'm an elevator drop ride. And it's very fast. And it goes faster than gravity. Mm-hmm. So your seatbelt actually pulls you down. You get lifted out of your chair. And uh, so he didn't expect, he didn't know what to expect and doesn't like rides. And... Uh, <laughs> This man's reaction, we'll watch it right after this, Anwar, because I don't want to interrupt too much, is the funniest thing I have ever seen. Uh, like, it, the funniest video of this kind I've ever seen. I've watched it, like, I don't know, 20 times. JoJo and I watch it all the time. JoJo is my um, fiancé. We didn't get to get married and go to the Blue Bayou. But anyway, so I'm going to put this in the show notes because this is what I spend my time doing now. And that's that's all I have to say about that. Sorry, that's that was fabulous. a wild ride. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately excited to watch this video. I'm gonna send it That's to you. That's gonna right be now. very funny. <laughs> it's uh, the best. Speaking of adventures camp of adventures, adventures campus. It is the adventures campus of of Avengers campus. There's one little article that's in regards to the Pym test kitchen, 
uh, Ooh, which is uh, tell me, which tell is, me, of tell course, me. One of the um, uh, so yeah, so one of the quote unquote attractions going to be in Avengers Campus is the Pimtest Kitchen, which is the the premise is uh, Scott Lang basically comes forward and he's like, with all this Pimtech, we can basically just like we can effectively solve like world hunger issues and stuff like that mm-hmm. because you can uh using the pin particles you can do things like make food bigger and so you're able to feed more people and everything <coughs> bless you pardon me uh and so it's very cute like the inside of the place is very fun they have like giant uh fake soda cans coming down from the ceiling because the idea is that so they, were, they grew them and all this other stuff uh here's the- my question about that scientifically okay Here's- I have I have issues with this design, despite it looking very cool. So if they have giant um, soda cans, soda bottles that they've made giant in order to feed into their soda fountains to maximize profits, what? How could you drink the molecules of the drink? Aren't they also giant? No, because how does I that don't... work? Well, I think oh, now you're now we're starting to like now you're wanting to get into like things like i need to be able to suspend and... my disbelief anwar the quantum you're... physics have to check out at the theme park or i can't well, drink you're just that gonna drink. have to because the idea what? well yeah because like <laughs> but from my understanding is that the pin particles expand and uh or they make things grow and shrink <laughs> in proportion uh right. which is why scott is able to you know when he's shrunk down as ant-man that's why he's able to punch with like the strength of a full-grown person or something like that um, sure and so but i mean like I, a molecule of drink like like i don't know how does but i don't know if i don't know if it's the actual molecules that are physically growing uh-huh. i don't know this is getting into like this is getting into the science of the comics that maybe I, some scientist out I, there can tell us <laughs> <laughs> but you but we're also look we're also talking about literal shrinking and uh and growing technology which just does not exist so, <sighs> My but regardless, <laughs> but regardless, I get, I get, I get your what you're trying to say, but at the same time, it's like just, just, just let it happen. It's fine. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the big, so the the big thing that uh, that this uh, that this article brings up is that there is uh, on the menu, aside from the things that you can get, you know, like uh, it's there's a thing called like the uh, the impossible spoonful, which is basically just a dish of pasta that's served on like yeah. a giant spoon, that and it so fun. Uh, and it serves and it's served with a single giant meatball. I think it's made of impossible meat. <laughs> impossible like of, meat. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I get you. Yeah, um, but and there's, there's the also pimini, which is the thing I'm about to talk about. Oh, so the quantum size pimini sandwich is basically a panini sandwich. Uh, but apparently it is designed to serve six to eight people because it is so big. Mm-hmm. And thus the cost and the price of this sandwich is a hundred dollars. Oh my god. But if you have your whole family there. But that's the thing, is that like, okay, so yeah, on the menu there's a sandwich that costs a hundred dollars, but it's also it also says like in the me- in like uh in the subtext of the menu underneath underneath where it says the pimini sandwich it says serves six to eight guests so if you're looking at a sandwich that's that big mm-hmm. and you're like okay yeah no this is meant to feed multiple people depending and you're on there how with all you... your friends you're there yeah. with your like six children yes because you have six children for some, some people goddamn do. reason some people know. do 
<laughs> I don't know. But then you then you break it down into individual costs. So like let's say you take the sandwich and you cut it up into uh into eight pieces. Mm-hmm. Each of those individual sandwiches is only like 13 bucks. Mm-hmm. So like and even if let's say you don't have that many people, like what what went through my head is I would buy that sandwich and then cut it up and then package it and take it with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could save it for later. You could eat it in a queue. And that's the thing. When there's no pandemic, you're able to eat your snacks in the queue. But here's something else about the pimini is uh, you're able to just buy a slice of it if you want to. Yes, you are also able to just buy a slice of it if you really want to. Um, but I do think I it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that this thing that they have a hundred dollar sandwich. But then when you think about it logically, it's like, oh, well, I'm OK yeah. with it being a hundred dollars because of a the size and B because of the practicality of it. Because, again, you cut it up and you, you have basically food for like a f- good portion of the day. Like you yeah, don't exactly. Have if to you stand... like a panini, which I yeah, which I, I mean, don't really care about paninis. Who doesn't but, like hey, a panini? Well, okay. You I, don't, don't like a panini. I mean, I, I it's not that I don't like it. It's that I'm probably not going to select it at the theme park. Is all. Fair. I mean, I might buy uh, it at the coffee shop, but not at the theme park. Uh, I mean, like I'm a churro boy, so like I'm all about those fucking churros. You gotta have something other than a churro, Anwar. <laughs> but <laughs> they're so just, good. You can have one churro, and you have to have some protein. but But that's where the panini comes in Uh, well fair enough all right it's figured out we'll get a churro on the way to the panini well legitimately the thing looks damn good too like it looks like a damn good sandwich like i'm looking at a picture of it and i'm like fuck that looks like a damn good sandwich well let's let's post a picture of it on instagram i'll Um, I'll share the um i'll share the article Sweet. Um, yes. Well, my excited thing about the uh, Pim's test kitchen, kitchen, uh-huh. Pim's test kitchen. Yeah. Um, I'm just talking too fast to be able to enunciate. I'm too excited. Um, is the giant chicken sandwich? It's like a giant yeah. smashed flat. Ch- well, I mean, it's it's a magically enlarged chicken breast sandwich, but no, it's it's a chicken breast smashed flat. So it looks gigantic, but you're not eating a portion of food that's impossible to eat. Um, on it, but the bun is small, so it looks like you're just getting the biggest piece of chicken of all time that's been yeah. thrown. It looks really cool, and it's got more fried chicken crispies on the outside of it because it's been smashed flat. So A plus is my review. A plus. Fuck yeah, yeah chicken sandwich. I love chicken sandwich. <laughs> I'm I love very excited. Honestly, uh, though, like I, I don't know because Avengers Campus is at uh, California Adventure, and yeah. um, I have never been to California Adventure, ever. It's the, very fun. Right? Like, I, when I was there as a kid, they were building it. Like, we, mm-hmm. we monorailed past the construction. And then when I was there as an adult, it was either go to Disneyland or California Adventure. And, of course, like, I had one sort of afternoon I went to Disneyland. But I really want to go to the Cars Land restaurant more than anything and Carthay Circle and everything. So, like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to reviews of Pim's Test Kitchen to see if it's, like, uh, worth going to. Yeah. You know, when you're coming from out of state, as we always will be, you got to really select what you're going to eat. Yeah. And then you have to take into account whether or not you're going to go and do the dining experiences or not, which are mm-hmm. which are already fairly pricey just because they're like thirty, forty dollars. Yeah. But Although, you meet a princess. Well, yeah, you do. They're, they're combination character meet with buffet. And I mean, like. I'm 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 always down for a buffet. Fucking. Well, I mean, Disneyland does <sighs> bacon correctly. <sighs> so, Yes. <laughs> Just the, the the just the the breakfast dining was just really really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mickey waffle, waffles, perfect bacon. Pluto is there. There's nothing to complain about. 
Yeah. So I don't know, like, Pim's Test, Test Kitchen sounds cool to me, but I'm not sure if it will become one of my go-to theme park restaurant experiences. Well, it's and it's also a quick serve, right? It's not an actual restaurant, mm-hmm. right? So there's that. Sure. Yeah. You pack up I, your panini, you go on and credit coaster. I think that's, like, that's kind of my thinking is that, like, you know, like, let's say you did, let's say you're there, you're doing your trip for three days. Three days is good to do both Disney and California Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh first day you've done all of Disneyland second day you're dedicated to all of California Adventure first thing in the morning you like you do like what I would do is I would head to Pim's Test Kitchen buy the hundred dollar sandwich and like have them cut individually and then just like package them or like pack them somehow Mm. maybe like wrap them in paper towel or wrap them in wax paper or something have like um maybe like a drawstring bag with me or something and then just like have them yeah. in the bag, right? And then like throughout the day, instead of being like, "Oh, I'm hungry. Let's let's go find some place to eat," you know, let's say you're standing in line <laughs> for the Incredicoaster, be like, "Oh, hold on, that's right. Open the bag. <laughs> Boom! You got a piece of you got your fucking sandwich." You and then got you a just bottomless go bag of paninis. <laughs> like, is that not the dream? No, you're right. Anwar's dad friend. I I don't know if you've gathered this about him uh, by voraciously consuming this podcast, but Anwar is dad friend, and it's very very helpful to everyone's life. But like, yeah, it's like yeah, absolutely, like hundred percent. And then like make intermixed in between, you can like because the cool thing about sandwiches is that that you don't have to eat them hot. That's true, right? You can eat them cold yeah. because they're generally put in with like cold cuts, which are fine to be cold, and so you can let it. You it you don't have to eat it when it's super hot, mm-hmm. right? So you're well, not I mean, on a time counterpoint. Limit. Like I have not had a lot of paninis in my life, but aren't they meant to be eaten hot? I mean, sure, yeah, but that's only <laughs> if you want like that. That's really only if you want like that toasty crispiness from the bread. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, well, ultimately, need- it just becomes mm-hmm. a sandwich. Well, here's the answer to this, Anwar. Is we're going to have to let you have your $100 bag of sandwiches and we're going to have to eat one at the beginning of the day and one uh-huh. mid-afternoon and and report back. I love that we're 18 minutes into this podcast and like mostly we've been talking about the merits of Pimini's. Of, of $100 sandwiches. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just giddy. I'm so excited to just be able to go on a fun, immersive trip soon. Yeah. A uh, couple other little bits of news here. Uh, f- this one is in regards to... <laughs> Can there be any news more important than that? Than a full day of sandwiches? I mean... I yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, other than... Well, there's... Uh, the Disney World has is doing something different with their... With selfies. Um, it's not super clear. I don't know if it's with the actual or it looks like it's using the my disney experience you have like an ar thing with the photo pass where apparently you can like take a selfie and then you can and then it'll uh integrate some of the characters and like little filters and stuff like that like they have a couple examples here uh, in this article on cnn business of cnn.com of all places um and it's like a, a few pictures and like uh like two of them are with random people who are taking selfies like in like one's in animal kingdom or it looks like they're in animal kingdom uh and then like one of the people has like a filter that has Minnie peeking over her shoulder Cute. and then another picture has like mickey peeking peeking over her shoulder so it yeah it's i think it's one of those like really cute things where it's like yeah you can take a cute selfie and be like hey i want to throw one of the characters in here just for reasons mm-hmm. so yeah and it looks like it's in a uh it's in collaboration with snapchat as well so oh. yeah so i just think that's i don't know i think that's kind of cute i take that uh, yeah 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 
A big thing is uh, Disney is actually offering discount stays until I believe it's a mid-July for uh, first responders and teachers. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, eight Disney Springs hotels and resorts are doing these discounts. So you know, I think that's pretty awesome. Apparently, yeah, deals I agree. are going. Apparently, deals are going as low as seventy nine dollars a night. Wow, which is ridiculous. <laughs> wow, which is real cheap. Uh, and then what else? What else is there? Oh, I just I, I had one. Did I did I miss <laughs> it? Wait. Oh no, here it is. Ha ha ha. Something really really small, but I think it's just kind of cute. Um, cast members in Disney World are getting new name tags. Uh, that are uh, that are basically to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Disney World coming. Oh, cool! So yeah, that all, starts in October. Yeah, so they're all very like shiny and everything. It, the, the 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 term they're using is iridescence, but ear as in e a r as in like ears. <laughs> so <laughs> iridescence. Uh, yeah. So I think it. I think that's kind of cute. It's just I like love a, it. yeah, it's something small, but I think it's. I don't know, but that that's the thing about like Disney is that like the smallest things will all will still receive detail. Yeah. Well that's yeah. why I love Disney, right? Like Disney theme parks at least. Is um there's no comparable level of detail in any theme park in the world. Perhaps maybe Efteling in the Netherlands, but I mean I think that's debatable. They don't have the same budget, they don't have the same ability to keep things shiny and uh yeah that's why i return to uh gazing longingly at disney at least over and over and over again yeah mm-hmm. but yeah so lots of cute really fun things coming from disney which you know we all appreciate and we all really enjoy yeah yeah and uh all so right. did you have did you have anything on your end uh no i just um i've been enviously looking at the bedrooms on the disney wish which are cinderella themed <laughs> and i want to be in one but uh I'm still scared of the ocean, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get me on yeah. that cruise ship. No, that's fair. Uh, okay, well then, shall we move on to the major topic then? Speaking of Cinderella themed, yeah, this movie is Cinderella themed yeah. because it's called Cinderella, 1950. Yay, Cinderella! The biggest hit for Disney since Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Since Dumbo, it's- apparently. Oh. That's what I I read it was since I, I no no maybe that was because no sorry I think that was the uh, the critic had said that they hadn't had as a, a success something as successful since Dumbo I think oh, that's yes. what they had said I'm, I I mean like financially that. yeah oh yeah no um, financially this 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 movie cost them three million dollars mm-hmm. they were already four million dollars in debt yeah so can you imagine Roy sitting in that <laughs> sitting like in in Walt's office being like Walter Walter yeah. what are you doing. And he's like, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's fine. It's fine. Roy, Roy, you're not an artist. It's okay. It's going to work. And Roy's like, no, I'm pulling out my hair. I had a full head of hair at the beginning of the day. And he's like, no, Roy, it's going to work. It's going to work, Roy. Yeah. And then it did. And then it did. And it was, it's, this movie is so good. It's so good. So we all know the story, but um, a young strawberry strawberry blonde woman, uh, her father dies after marrying a woman who I guess he has nothing in common with, really, because damn. And then um, the woman is embittered and doesn't like Cinderella, who is the young woman with strawberry blonde hair, uh, mm-hmm. because she's charming and beautiful. And she has two uh, daughters that are described by the movie as awkward. And uh, <laughs> she's dedicated to uh forwarding their interests while emotionally abusing cinderella and giving her chores and chores and chores and chores 
And uh, Cinderella just wants to have a good time and is waiting for her opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. She gets it uh, when she gets to go to the ball that the palace is holding with no expectation. And then, of course, she's the nicest, charmingest, prettiest, magical dressest (laughs) girl at the ball. And uh, the prince falls in love with her but can't remember her face because there are no cell phones and there's a lot of women. So he has this one tiny shoe because she has really delicate feet and it's a glass slipper, which is insane. And uh, so he goes around trying to find, well, he makes the the Duke do it. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to find the person who fits the slipper. And it's so dainty that literally only she has that foot size, which I guess is like five and a half slim. And uh, then she puts on the shoe and it's definitely her because she's got the face of herself. And then they get married. <laughs> Just the, the face plot. of herself. That's great. I did it. Yeah. So that was that, off yeah. the top of my head, so. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So, that's the plot of this of this interpretation of the, uh, of the Brothers Grimm story of Cinderella. Uh, so, a little bit of uh, information. Uh, of course, uh, this isn't the, this isn't, this is Disney's version of yes. the story of Cinderella. The actual story of Cinderella is surprisingly both super different, but also not. Well, I mean, in the original story, birds peck out the stepsister's eyes and leave them blind. Yeah, yeah. But but also, <laughs> like, but just in general, like, there's a, there's a, quite a few things that are very different. So, like, s- s- from the get-go, uh, the father never dies. The father doesn't actually die in the story. He goes away. Uh, right. He goes away on a trip to... Uh, to sell i don't know if it's like to sell his wares or to do something usually he goes, he's a merchant yeah i think time. i think it's like he's a merchant yeah so he but his so his wife dies uh she's buried nearby and i think like a forest or something um and then marries uh the evil stepmother with the two daughters they're kind of living this whatever life um the, <laughs> and then uh yeah he goes away uh and then you know, Cinderella is treated super, super poorly. And actually, apparently, like, her name isn't actually Cinderella. It's Ella. Yeah. From well, what Cinderella I is to be, like, you're covered in soot all the time yeah, and you look yeah. horrible. So that, yeah. So Cinderella was actually the nickname that the stepsisters gave her yeah. uh, as a way to mock her. I think Cinderella is a pretty name. I do, too. I I, I really like Cinderella. Um, and then, yeah. And so, like, while the while the father is away the the king announces uh, uh, uh proclaims for a festival to last three days and so all the girl all the young women in the in the land were invited uh so that his son could find a bride so that's something that's very similar to this uh to the disney version uh because the king is quite frankly sick and tired of the prince just going off and doing whatever he wants he's like he needs to marry blah 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 <laughs> just bumming around the <laughs> castle yeah just He's kind of minding his own business, and then suddenly his father's just like, no, you need to marry. And it's like, yeah. well, fine. Stop watching The Walking Dead, Prince Charming. Do something. <laughs> and he's like, no. Get uh, married. Yeah. And so everyone's invited, technically including Cinderella, but of course, you know, she's... Every eligible maiden. Yeah. But of course, she's seen as lesser than, and so the, you know, the uh, the stepsisters are mocking her about it and everything. Um, and then uh, the stepmother basically gives her a task before she can go now in the disney version it's uh, this mountain of chores and then finally and then she gets her her dress 
made by her little animal friends and i'll get to we'll get we'll get to that in just a minute uh but then the stepsisters come in tear off the dress and it's like oh now you can't go because you're in basically rags whereas in the original story it's like the mother like tosses a bunch of lentils into the fire and the idea is that cinderella needs to pick every single lentil out of the fireplace impossible which is which is impossible but she does it but even still she gets her bird friends to do it for her yeah uh like calls the bird friends to like yeah pick them out of the thing which is great uh but then so she succeeds but then the stepmother's like no you can't go because you don't have any clothes you don't know how to dance all this other stuff but again she does know mocking how to her dance. Mm-hmm. uh and then cinderella begins to cry uh and then runs off uh to her mother's grave and she cries at the grave uh I'm at the same time I'm like I'm like doing this while at the same time like actually looking at the story so I'm like trying to paraphrase and read at the same time <laughs> it's like very very daunting uh and so here's where the interesting thing happens is that the actual fairy godmother doesn't actually appear in the original story Oh right it's yeah. that's, that's right yeah, so I that's really only know the original story via Into the Woods so um, Yes because Into the Woods does a really really does like a an almost perfect adaptation of the original story, which I thought was really, really great. Um, so yeah, so like apparently like uh, the the idea is that Cinderella is bestowed this beautiful gold and silver dress um, by some sort of, whether it's her mother's spirit magically creating the dress or something, but then suddenly this dress comes down from the tree and she gets the dress and then she puts on the slippers, uh, which in the original story are actually made with sil- with silk and silver. They're not actually glass, which is, again, another fabrication of Disney. Uh, and then goes off to the festival. So she goes to the festival. Everyone's everyone's great. The prince immediately basically falls in love with her. Uh, but then she runs away. And then she comes back a second time, does the same thing. Prince falls in love with her again, but then goes away. So, like... The the other big difference is that the actual ball or festival takes place over multiple days in the original story, and then um, whereas in the Disney version it doesn't. Now I understand their decision to make that change because of course for time because yeah. the movie itself is like an hour fifteen, which at that time was that's a lot. That's a lot, right? <laughs> uh, and so um, yeah, and so eventually. Uh, the whole thing about her leaving the the slipper behind, uh, because the prince decided to leave what is called pitch on the stairs, which is kind of like this thick black goo. Yeah, the equivalent of like the glue from Ra- Roger Rabbit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And so that's where that whole thing of like the girl who fits the shoe shall be my wife, because nobody knows who Cinderella is because she doesn't really have a title, right? She's not like she's not. She, she is technically uh, high class because the family she comes from is fairly high class. Yeah. But but she's more or less dem- demoted isn't the right word, but she's like downgraded because the stepmother and sisters treat her so poorly. So she doesn't actually have an official title. And so she was never truly introduced. Um, so when when the prince is looking for Cinderella, so the prince arrives at the house. Mm hmm. And the stepsisters try on the shoe 
and of course their feet don't fit. Now this is probably one of the biggest things that I think is very funny because uh, unless you unless you actually know the story of Cinderella, that people don't really know about this. But uh, the Grimm's the Grimm's brothers stories are in general fairly dark. They're super oh, yeah. super dark. Super. And dark. so when the stepsisters are trying on the shoe of course the shoes the feet don't fit and so they physically cut pieces of their own feet in order to make the shoe fit like one of them cuts off i think uh one of them cuts off a piece of her heel Mm -hmm. and then the other one cuts off her toes yeah her her big toe and then there's blood coming out of the slippers is how he realizes instead of just saying like oh these blind these these women they're not blind yet i guess no. these women don't look like the girl i met i don't know i don't want to marry a dude who can't recognize my face that's just me i don't know maybe yeah. a prince maybe i'd marry a prince who didn't recognize my face never mind i take it back i just think it's interesting that like he does but i i guess he doesn't really recognize her because he doesn't see her until like the last minute so i think yeah. that's interesting yeah. uh so the prince arrives back at the home and is like, do you not have another daughter? So everyone's like, no, it's just Cinderella. She's not important and all this other stuff. She's a scullery but, maid. Yeah. But the prince is like, bring her because this was, this was literally why I came here. This is the rules, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and so Cinderella comes forward after washing herself clean uh, because her hands and feet are all dirty and everything. Went, put on the shoe. And then, of course, the shoe fits. Which is kind of probably where that phrase comes from. Now that I think about it, yeah. If the shoe fits, and also it's full of blood, but you know, whatever. I mean, sure, yeah, <laughs> it's full of blood, but it's fine. It's yeah. okay. Uh, anyway, and so the stepsisters and mother were all angry and everything, and then that's when the birds come in and peck out their eyes, because quite frankly, they deserve it. But that's because I have no sympathy for people who deserve that sort of thing yeah and quite when, frankly when you're trying to ruin someone else's life you get birds in your eyes that's, yeah that's what happens that's what yeah. you get yes uh and yeah so that's the like original story much darker uh, much darker than what we see and so but yeah but i think it's but with this with this story uh the disney version i can see why it's kind of become the iconic version of the story because mm-hmm. and i think part of that is because it's just done really really well right yeah no like, i agree with you i think it's beautiful um the interesting thing is like the cinderella story the way they present it doesn't have a lot of content i don't know if you noticed but i didn't realize as a kid the story in the disney version takes place over one day yeah it's only within 24 hours yeah yeah which is you crazy. have a 23 minute sequence include well including the credits and the little bit of narration at the beginning 23 minutes of her doing her morning chores mm-hmm. um, but the funny so, thing is is that even even with her doing her morning chores you're still fairly engaged and still oh it's interested. not a complaint it's just like i can't believe 23 minutes of this movie is just her doing chores in the morning waking up uh the dog uh mm-hmm. feeding lucifer who she hates um because Lucifer's an asshole. Like, what a what yeah. a jerk of a cat. Um, yep. Feeding the stepsisters, feeding the stepmother, doing laundry, carrying dishes, 
all the stuff that Cinderella does. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. is sassy about it. So my thing coming into this, I hadn't seen it in a while, was mm-hmm. everyone saying she's so passive. Cinderella isn't passive. She's waiting for her moment. She is yeah. she's not. I I do not believe this is an unfeminist story. I don't know if this is the time to get into it, but I I'm I'm into it. I don't Might think as she's well. unfeminist at all. Okay. Great. <laughs> All right, so everyone's always saying Cinderella's unfeminist. She's just waiting for a man to come and save her. Oh, contraire. That is not what this story is. This story no. is about a, a girl from the age of, like, it looks like about 12 or 13 being emotionally abused. but So she can't easily leave because she's a child. But yeah. holding desperately on to her real personality, which is very easy to lose as a victim of emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Um so she consciously remains herself, which is a huge battle, and she waits for the moment when she sees an opportunity to escape. She is not passive about that. Like, she wants to go to the party. She finds a way to get to that party. Like, yeah, yeah the, the fairy godmother comes to save her, but, like, she first, she gets her dress. She does her chores. She does everything she has to do. To She's not looking for a prince. She just wants to go to the ball and see the castle and have a good night. It's yeah. not about her trying to find a husband. She wants to do the things she wants to do, and she determinedly tries to do the things that will allow her to do that. She's also, she has good humor, and she doesn't get, like, any kind of Stockholm syndrome. She realizes that the situation she's in is bad she realizes the people she's with are ridiculous and yeah. there's no there's no indication that she's gonna stay there forever but she's like 18 or 19 i don't know the canonical age of cinderella but she's not very old so i don't see this as unfeminist i see her as being a person who just like she's biding her time and fighting emotional abuse the whole time yeah because i think the thing about it is like because you're right it's interesting when uh in the morning sequence when She's downstairs in the kitchen preparing, like, the tea and all that stuff. Yeah. The bells are ringing like crazy, and you hear the stepsisters screaming for Cinderella. They're like, Cinderella, Cinderella. And it's like the bells are going. Cinderella! The bells are going crazy and everything. And, like, as she she doesn't doesn't even bat an eye, she's like, she's like, I'll be there in a second. Be there in a moment. And she's still preparing the tea. Like she's taking, like she's taking her time because she realizes she's like, this happens every fucking morning. They're always yeah. calling me. And you know what? They'll get their shit when they get their fucking shit. Yeah. And it's like her subtext is very clearly fuck you. Yeah. Like, it's great. Because like you would think that like once all the bells and everything is going, you would think that she would like try and hurry up to try and like sat to like, to like please her sepsis and everything. But she's like, nope. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to make sure this is done well and it's done right because I know that if it's rushed, it's not going to be right. And I know they're going to fucking get mad at me about that. So you know what? I'm going to take control of the situation and I'm going to control why they're mad at me. And if they're mad at me because I'm late, then you know what? At least I know that that's what it is. And at least I can control that narrative. Yep. And so she's like, I'm making this tea. And then she carries it gracefully. what Like a tray in each hand and on the top of her fucking head. Yeah. And she goes up and she's like, and she's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then there's a moment where her, where her shoe slips off on the stairs. So cute. And she still goes back and gets that shoe because she's like, they'll get it when they get it. I think she loves making them wait a little bit with plausible deniability. I think so too. She's so passive aggressive. I love it. Well, yeah, because she, because that's, that's the only real weapon she has. She has, she has that. And she's, and I think maybe, maybe part of her knows that they rely on her so much and so she can use that to her advantage yeah i mean like she must know on some level that that they're that she's like they depend on me for everything if i wasn't here like 
everything would fall to shit. They would everything would fall to shit if they're if it like yeah, and it's like, and I think part of the only reason why she maintains this is because she's like, this is my home, this is my father's home. She or he basically he wished for me to be a good person and so i'm going to be a good person but i'm still going to have my gripes and those she gripes still has her were... private opinions yeah yeah of course um, um yeah. yeah i mean i think and i mean this is completely debatable but i've seen the lily james version uh the live action cinderella much more recently than this mm. and i feel like animated cinderella is much more sarcastic and sassy than lily james cinderella i think privately mm. she's like yeah fuck this cat this cat sucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's she kinda talking says to the dog. It. She's like, cat's an asshole. Like, it's great. I think this Cinderella and her, like, her little patient smile the whole time. I'm like, I see what's behind that smile. I think it's beautiful and I think it's intentional. Maybe that's me projecting. I don't care. Uh, it's my canon. Is Cinderella has, is flipping them off behind her eyes the entire time because that's what it looks like it's truly animated to be for me. There's no accidents in an animated feature. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. drawn. You don't, you're not just getting someone's physical performance and it's their interpretation. You are deciding exactly what the audience is going to see. Yeah. Well, and so much of this of this film they went back to that old tradition of having live actors be references yeah right and so like the way like and you can see it in the animation because the animation is fucking beautiful mm-hmm. like the animation is gorgeous Stunning. like like one of All the, the moment, backgrounds too yeah and like one of the moments that really really just still kind of catches my eye was the moment when it's it's near the end of the film after the announcement of the fact that the prince or that the that the Grand Duke is coming to the house mm-hmm. is when Cinderella because re- Cinderella doesn't realize that who she dances with at the ball is the prince. Yeah, which I think which I think is an ev- which which is as you say which is in a very important part of this narrative. The fact that she goes to the ball not with the intention of looking for the prince. She just yeah, wants to go out and have, have a good time. time. Exactly. And so she Her dances excuse- with a man. You know, she, she dances with someone. She's like, we had a really good connection. It wasn't something I was looking for, but it was wonderful. This was a, like, it's like at the end, like after uh, after the, all the magic wears off and she's like hiding in the bushes with Bruno and the horse. And she's basically like, you know, like, oh, it was it was just a it was just a wonderful night. Just yeah. And like she had no idea who she was dancing with was the prince until the very end when they all say like, oh, like the prince is looking for the girl that he danced with. And she's like, oh, shit. Like that was me, yeah. and then like, and then she <laughs> be cool, gets be cool, her, be cool, be cool, yeah, be cool. yeah. And she kind of gets her <laughs> hopes up, but like, there's a moment where she's like walking down the hall, and she's walking up to her dra- up to her, uh, up to her tower and everything, and then, and then the camera or the camera, but like the well, yeah, the proverbial camera yeah. goes to Lady Tremaine, and like she like squints her eyes because she kind of like like things click in her brain, and then everything goes dark. And then it, and then all you see is like just a faint, you just faintly still see Lady Tremaine's face, and then her eyes are glowing green. Like that yeah. moment was just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Totally, totally, totally. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, that, that's sort of my take on Cinderella's a feminist tale. Like, if I were in her position, um, I would absolutely go to that castle and marry the prince. It's also a different time. Like, it's, it's, she's. Yeah, go marry that prince, girl. Like, yeah, do it. Yeah, 100%. You deserve um, this. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something. Oh, sorry. Say. No, 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 it's fine. Like, the, there's just so much to kind of mention about this movie. 
Um, oh, one of the things that I think was really interesting is that uh, this film really, I think this is probably the most obvious film that uh, brings in the uh, the kind of classic Disney princess trope that you have animal sidekicks. Yeah. Because where whereas in Snow White, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, she had she was very in tune with the animals and everything and that was all But they didn't cute. talk to her. No, but in Cinderella, she has an actual relationship with the animals. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely something that I think carries over into some of the other films. And that kind of really becomes the quote unquote uh Disney Princess trope, which I think is very, mm-hmm. very cute. Me too. Yeah. And it introduces uh, us to Gus Gus, who is the best. Whose real name is Octavius, which I think was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you get Gus Gus from Octavius? How do you get Gus from Octavius? But um, all right. Well, what the hell? Why not? Uh, was Maybe I'm wrong, but was Augustus Octavius not? Um, I just thought his name, like, I remember when Cinderella was naming him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I, th- I just thought I the, the only name she gave him was just Octavius. But what is well? But what is the reason? I can explain. Uh, okay. you're, um, I don't know a lot about it, so forgive me. I it only just kind of occurred to me just now. But um, Gaius Octavius became Caesar Augustus, and he was the first Roman emperor. Huh. So there you go. Gus short for Augustus. Well, that I get, but the question is, how do you get Gus from Octavius? Because um, uh, Gaius Octavius became Caesar Augustus. Like, you know how the English uh, monarchy changes their names when they ascend to the throne? Same thing. Yeah, but there's no reference to that in the movie. That Well, I mean, that is the reference, right? Like, it's just she's like, oh, I'm naming you after uh, Caesar. That is basically. a deep cut then. Oh, well, it's like... a deep cut, but like that <laughs> must be what it is, you know. But all right, what the hell? Yeah, um, whatever. Also, I think it's interesting how little of a role the prince actually plays in this movie. Yeah, I love it. He's just yeah, a hottie. He, he's just present. He's just there. Like the like the king plays more of a role than the prince does. Yeah, well, I mean, Disney uh, Pictures really loves a rotund little king running around <laughs> being sassy. I love the king's bed, by the way. That's hilarious. Seeing that, I, rem- I remembered it. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. It's as big as a freaking lap it's pool. It's a big-ass bed. It's a big ass bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's funny how like the prince is so like over everything. Like when the actual ball is happening, yeah. Like he's like he's just like I know. Like he's like I'm only doing this for dad. I'm only doing this for dad. Yeah, he's and he's then, very like, yeah. similar to Prince Philip that way. Yeah, but I also I also fully understand like when Cinderella is like running away from him, I yeah. fully get I fully get his confusion. Yeah, they were having like, a good time. Yeah, and then suddenly he's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! You're you're leaving? Like, why? Where are you going? Like, what is ha- it's what only is happening midnight. right now?" I thought you were cool. <laughs> I thought you were cool, man. Like, come on. No, but like, I I fully understand like his whole like, where are you going? Like, what is happening right now? Like, I fully understand his his confusion. Now, here's my question: um, the prince's fascination with Cinderella mm-hmm. is this. Could this be, I maybe by today's standards, could this be considered uh, a sort of like negative obsession? Well, like, what do you think? Like, what? I'm I, glad I, you asked. <laughs> like, like I kind of like I'm kind of like I don't necessarily think a hundred percent only because everything happens so quickly. 
mm-hmm. and he's his intrigue in her, like like taking totally like disregarding the fact that the whole love at first sight is thing is just bonkers and is just a trope that is dumb as a whole. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's like he's he's so fully interested in this woman because she just basically vanished into thin air. Yeah. You know, I and all layers. he has is the slipper. And like all he has is just like I he's like I really, really must know who this person is because I'm so because I didn't get to really know them so well. Mm -hmm. And I really, really want to know who this person is. But all he has is the slipper, right? He doesn't have a name because she never gave a name. She doesn't she doesn't have a house because she she never gave a house. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, she's not a royal. And so the Mm -hmm. literally the only thing she he has to go on is the slipper. And so, like, by I feel like if he had other ways, if he had a name, if he had a family or like a house to go th- to go on, I feel like it would be just as simple as like sending a letter being like, I would like to know, I would like to meet this person because I would like to get to know this person. But because yeah. he doesn't have anything except for the slipper, which mm-hmm. the fact that only fits her foot is already like a really, really bonkers thing. Cause like, yeah, that's, that's, that's MacGuffin-y, but like it is what it is. It, it is very, it is very mcguffin It's like, out of the entire kingdom, not You're a gonna... single person has the same foot size as Cinderella. Yeah, sure, she has small feet, but like, dude, you're gonna end up married to a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> but Ooh. I think at the same, but I, but the thing is, is that they're not saying that. Like, I think like because like the king even says it. He's like, find whom, find whomever it is, and just bring them to the castle. So like, let's say he finds like five people, right? Like five women he finds. All five women are going to show up at the castle. And then I think at that point, the prince is going to be like, okay, now I can kind of see who, you know. Yeah. And then, like, because, like, there there was, like, she didn't have a veil. She didn't have a mask or anything. Maybe right? the prince was drunk. Maybe the prince was drunk. We don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've been tr- trying to get through the night, and then Cinderella shows up. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. God. I'm a mess. That's possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, like, there there are a few little plot holes in this, in, like, like uh, in that, in that, like, you know, what's the prince going to do if if multiple people show up at the castle, kind of thing, right? And so, like, there are situations I think you in which you have to suspend your your disbelief in that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the slipper is magic because it is a magic slipper, basically given to her by the fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the slipper is magically not fitting other people's feet so that it only fits Cinderella's kind of. I thing. would have loved to have seen this the slipper resisting other feet. That would that have that I think is hole. very yeah that I think is very interesting. Now going back to my original point about like this <laughs> this because I I fully derailed. Yeah, um, no, no, I get it. What um, is what is your opinion on this? I think that remembering that it's set in, I'm not sure exactly when it's set, but it's set in old timey France, let's it's, say. It's definitely, it's definitely, is it, is it France? It's French, yeah. Okay, it because was, yes. I know that there are clogs. Yeah, but um, apparently according to the uh, extensive, semi-extensive Google searching I did, semi-extensive, <laughs> I checked three different sources. That's how extensive it's You checked multiple sources. That's yeah. that 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 I fully accept. Okay, all right. Yeah. So it's set in France. I mean, right, so Aristocats set... is also supposed to be set in France. So like, I don't know, but uh... yeah, but Aristocats is set. It like actually takes place in Paris. Like they actually make a point of making that yeah, a thing. That's true. It's right. just no one has a French accent. Oh yeah, no that one. is weird. No one. You've got lots of English people. You got an uh, American cat. You've got a Hungarian cat. No, um, Duchess has a French accent. 
No, the the Gabors weren't French, were they? The Hold cat? on, well, let's let's look it up. Duchess sorry, no, cat. I meant the cat, Duchess. Yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's a Hungarian accent. But let me just double quick, oh, okay. double check real quick because wasn't she the same voice actor as uh, Miss Bianca? It was. You are correct. And I'm pretty sure Eva G- Eva Gabor, who was Duchess, who, where were the Gabor sisters from? Let's find out. I where don't know. I'm gonna find out right now. Where were the Gabor sisters from? It uh, Gabor sisters, Hungarian. I did it. All right, you got it. You're right. You're <laughs> right. Okay, then you're right. Well, well, we'll we'll visit that once we actually get to the Aristocats, which is in the Silver Age. So I'm excited. Um, anyway, like what, like I was saying, um, yeah. the prince has is being forced to attend this ball because he's being he's like, you need to get married. The king is like, you need to get married. That's it. That's yeah. it. So basically, I think from the prince's standpoint, the only woman he could stand was Cinderella. And I think the reason is she was the only one who didn't know he was the prince and had a nice time with him based on who he was. And so that okay. makes it understandable to me that he had to find a bride that night. And everyone else, you saw them crowding him and just trying to like get to near him because he was the prince. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so. While I think love at first sight doesn't make sense, I don't think that's exactly what is going on. And I think to the prince, if you want to give him a little bit more um, character, because I think he had some in the movie. It's just it wasn't his story. He's not the yeah. protagonist. Yeah. Um, he found someone who liked him for himself mm-hmm. and who also happened to be pretty and charming. And Yes, yes, yes. Because admittedly, so, Cinderella is very, very charming. She's an incredibly yeah. charming person. She's lovely yeah. and nice. And she's sassy and sarcastic, too. <laughs> Yeah. Which and, I have yeah. a feeling we're going to lose a bit in the sequels, but um we'll see. We'll see once once we actually watch them. Yeah. Um I think you have a point and I think and I think that aspect of the narrative is definitely explored in other versions of the story. So mm-hmm. like um I know like in the Rodgers and Hammerstein's version because it's just a, a a longer because it's a longer narrative that aspect of the prince's character is able to actually be explored for example. Yeah. Right? Um, and maybe, maybe that is something that is better explored in like, cause I admittedly, I haven't seen the live action version in a long time. Um, and we'll, we'll give it a rewatch only because it's supposed to be the live action version of this movie. And I take great deals of issue with that. My friend, great deals (laughs) of issue, great deals of issue. Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And so like, we'll, we'll get to it, but, but I think. But I think when it comes to just looking at this movie itself, you're right. You have to recognize the fact that this is not the prince's story. This is Cinderella's story. Cinderella is the protagonist in this story. So we're we're looking at everything from her point of view for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, like for the most part, th- this story would be told in first person. Uh, yeah. Or at least, well, I guess it could be done through third person as well. Anyway, but everything is mostly done through her point of view and her, uh, through her experiences in this film, right? And so, yeah, and so, like, I think we have to kind of look at look at it that way. And so, like, when the 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 fact that the prince is only in this movie for maybe five minutes, yeah, uh, is really kind of not a fault of the story itself, but is a fault of the point of view of the film, which isn't even really a fault, quote unquote. And uh, yeah. and also the fact that this movie was just um, restricted in how long it could be. Because, again, this was a movie released in 1950. Movies weren't really longer than, like, hour 15. Like, 
like how many movies hit an hour hour and a half i mean like when uh like when um gone with the wind for example was released gone with the wind is not a very long movie it's only really two and a half hours long uh i think but it has an intermission well okay better better example sound of music sound of music is only like two two and a half hours long but it has an intermission right and so like you can sit through the sound of music you don't need the intermission but by those standards by the standards of the mid 20th century you had to have an intermission yeah, but right. to be fair, speaking on the sound of music, I hosted that at the Rio a bit ago as um, Maria with our friend Shayan as uh, mm. Mother Superior, and that movie was the longest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was really? so long. I didn't like because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid on television, ah. and I was like, I couldn't handle how long that movie was. It really, was so long. Really, because I don't, so I don't, I don't. I don't feel it as a very, very long movie. That's fair. I'm sure it's just a matter of taste. Um, Maybe. Because that's, that's not my favorite style of musical. But I, I kept uh, being surprised at how long it was more than anything. It's not that it was intolerable. Mm-hmm. I was just like, God, I like uh, I don't want to yeah. miss anything. But I do want to go get like a burger right now. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, yeah. That, so, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that is just a matter of like personal preference. Raise my blood uh, sugar in the middle of that thing. <laughs> oh, fuck. I fucking love the sound of music. Anyway, we're not talking about the sound of music. This, well, it's we not, are. It's, we can do it's whatever not we even, want. It's not even a Disney movie, but until they yeah. own it now, they own everything. I think it is on Disney Plus. Oh. I think. But again, it's not technically a Disney movie. It's I believe 20th Century Fox. Anyway, very very tangential. Um so yeah, so uh yeah, cuz like the movie is kind of restricted in terms of how uh how long it can be. Mm-hmm. Um what other things have we got? Uh, oh, yeah. The fact that, like, the king's whole, like, idea to make the ball, mm-hmm. I don't think is even really that crazy of a plan. No, right? I don't think so. Because, I mean, like, A, it makes sense for him to make a, to have a ball when the, when the prince returns from wherever the fuck he is. We don't know where he is. We don't know where he went. It doesn't specify. Um, and, like, if you think about it, like, yeah, like, in, in I guess we can call it medieval time. Because because the fact that there is a royal family and they're and they're they are very prominent within the area, um, yeah, like people were marrying by the time they were in their late teens, early twenties, and you yeah. know, and the prospect of having kids and everything was was very prominent at that time and around that age, and so I can kind of understand the king's kind of like, you know, it's like. Uh, he's like Prince. You're hitting like eighteen, nineteen. You got like you yeah, gotta get dude, married. Yeah, dude, it's like, embarrassing. Yeah, like <laughs> you gotta get married. Like, come on, like the royal family kind of like relies on it. You need it's, to have kids. It's and, funny, you yeah. know, because I've been trying to look up when it's set, and I'm sure if I went down a deeper rabbit hole, I could find it out. Mm. But I can't find out. And the thing is, I do know a little bit about fashion history, and um, this, like, they're not wearing medieval clothes. When is yeah. this set? It is kind of weird. I think I don't know because I don't think it specifies in the original Grimm story. It's just set in fairy tale time, I guess. Fairy tale, whenever, blah blah. I don't know. Um, But yeah, and so yeah, because like the king is probably in his like thirties, maybe late thirties. The king. And so yeah, like doesn't he have white hair? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, there's no shame in going gray early. Yeah, but ladies just, uh, and gentle thems. Yeah, but I think just like when you think about it, like again, like um, in the time period, like people like what in medieval time didn't really live till like they they only really lived till like they were 40, 50. 
I, I mean, like it depends. Life expenses, I mean, life expenses, life expectancy was not very high. Well, here's a fun fact about that. Actually, that uh-huh. was from the average life um, of of, a, of the time, and everyone, all the peasants, had such a horrible time that they did die early. But people mm-hmm. like nuns and stuff would live as long as we do. So really? the average age, yeah. So the ah. average age uh, of death was like forty or whatever, but that they didn't have to be that way. Ancient oh, Egypt, though, as yeah. I understand, was a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, that's fine. I um, think it just comes down to like what uh, what resources you had available to you, and I think yeah. you know the higher class you were, the better chances you had of living because you had you know more connections to medical things, and of course you were you were probably cleaner because you would bathe. You know, that yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah no, exactly. that, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you were about to say something, but then I cut you off. Oh, no, I mean, you know, it's it's fine. We have to get all this information out there. We've already yeah. been talking for an hour. But yeah. here's something really important to me about Cinderella. In uh-huh. fact, this is the most shallow and most important thing to me about Cinderella. Um, don't at me. But <laughs> the dress, the color of her dress. I... Okay, I feel really passionately about this. Her dress is fucking silver. It's silver. In the animated movie, it's fucking silver. And in every promotional airbrushed thing of Cinderella, it's electric blue. In Disney parks, it's baby, it's sky blue. It makes me crazy. The whole point of the dress, the animated dress, is that it is silver sparkle dress. It's light silver and it sparkles. I hate the Disney Park Cinderella dress to the point where I don't even want a picture with her. I hate every single promotional drawing of Cinderella in an electric blue freaking dress. It's the same color as my car. I hate it. It's silver. I I decree that it is silver. It's silver. Look at the movie. It's silver. It's a silver sparkle dress. The end. Silver. Okay. Silver. I mean, I, I guess I never really paid attention to the actual, like, color of the dress but maybe that's because like i i'd always seen it as like that kind of very very light 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 blue but like propaganda (laughs) well it's interesting because like i'm looking like so i pulled up cinderella like on disney plus and like without not even playing pressing play yet they have like that background image like the header image Yep. And yeah, like the dress she's wearing is a combination of silver and blue. Like the the bodice or whatever is the body part of it is like a blue. And then like mm-hmm. the poof and the shoulder poofs. I don't know what these things are called. I don't know. And her Puff gloves. <laughs> I guess. the but, but like the, they, they only go around her shoulder. Yeah. And I'm looking at this now and it's it's like she's got blue shading on it. So it looks like yeah. a blue dress. But in the actual film, especially the original one, because some of the remasters of it, painted it over blue which made it lose all of its detail because the whole thing was it's silver and sparkling but like yeah i see what you're saying oh you're right plus as well but i'm I'm looking at the movie but i'm looking at the movie right now and it Mm -hmm. is very silver and it sparkles yeah Yeah, you're right yeah it's almost like the dress itself is almost a gray yeah like that's interesting it makes me crazy because i think light silver sparkly is much prettier than this blue 
garbage. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, hmm. I mean, I'm looking at it. Like, in the movie right now, I've gone back to Bippity-Boppity-Boo, to the end of Bippity-Boppity-Boo, and, yeah. like, I don't see another way to interpret it other than silver with maybe white sleeve puffs and white um, yeah. uh, white peplum here. But and it f- makes me nuts. Yeah, but then you fast forward a little bit, and, she, like, there's a scene when she's just arriving at the castle, and that's where you start to see a little bit of the blue tint. Like you start yeah. to see it. And maybe that's just because it's nighttime and maybe that's it's just... It's reflective and it's nighttime. Yeah. I, like, I will die on this hill. Bit, yeah, fast forward <laughs> a little more. And when she's dancing with the prince, it is it looks fairly silvery blue. It's yeah, interesting. but it's like, dark when she's dancing with the prince, right? But then when she's doing the waltz itself, when they're just on the dance floor by themselves, it's it's almost white. Yeah, like it's fully it's fully. So, yeah, like I, I think it's just like it's just a, a matter of just I think it's just a fault of inconsistencies because like now she's dancing with the prince. I'm like fast forwarding it as I go. Yeah. But now she's dancing with the prince solo. They've they're out on what I can only assume is like a giant balcony. They're dancing by themselves. They're meeting. Uh, oh, this is during the those. This, so this is love sequence, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, now it's kind of down back down to like a bluish kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, I assume that's just because of Twilight, but I don't understand. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because, like, now they're crossing the bridge and, like, she's fully in, in silvery white. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a matter a matter of lighting because, like, now, like, they're sitting on steps and she, you can see the clock. And fully, like, the sleeves, the shoulder poofs and, like, the side poofs on her dress are fully white. But then yeah. the body part and the actual dress are like this bluish, uh, almost like a silver, almost like a very, very light blue, mm-hmm. but still sparkly. And you're right. Like, I think it's just a matter of just inconsistencies in the animation. Yeah. I think. I oh, think, for I sure. Because they think have different animators. Uh, working yeah, on and, the things. Yeah. And I, think, and I think it may just be a fault of that. I yeah. think. But it's like, you know, I'll I'll send you some pictures here of like the Cinderella dress in the parks and the Cinderella mm. like promotional images and it is just freaking blue. And then in yeah. the live action remake, which is one of the big issues oh, I have with it is it's blue. blue. It's and it makes me crazy blue. because yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Aurora has a blue dress and yeah. they don't dress Aurora in blue at Disney parks so they that she doesn't get confused with Cinderella. They just and it's pink. like yeah, but there's no reason. Cinderella never wore blue. Oh my god, I'll talk about this all day. <laughs> it's interesting that this is your like big, big like yeah. gripe with this movie is just the fact that the dress is inconsistently marketed. I just think yeah. I I just think that's funny. I just think well, I think funny. it's selling the original animation short because I think the sparkly silver is the most gorgeous choice, and it is I don't beautiful. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really weird that they've decided she's wearing an electric blue dress to the <laughs> ball, and that's the one that got her noticed. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, uh, the cool thing go. about this, uh, the cool thing about this movie, that this was the first movie that officially had the nine old men all working on it. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Tell us more. Oh, just that was kind of that's just kind of it. <laughs> well, great. Um, to yeah, to help with the management of the animation department, uh, the animation board had settled down to nine supervising animators, uh, mm-hmm. jokingly referred to by Walt as the nine old men, even though they were all in their thirties, uh, yeah. uh, including uh, Norman Ferguson. The principal animators included Les Clark, Mark Davis, Ollie Johnson, 
Milt Call, Ward Kimball, Eric Larson, John Loonsbury, Frank Thomas, and Wolfgang Reitherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all, like, these guys were, uh, became famous in the, in the animation world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, actual development of Snow White. Snow White. Ugh, what is my brain? Fake actual girl. development of Cinderella. Because that's the movie we're talking about right now. <laughs> uh, actually started in 1922. So the actual development oh. of this movie like took literally decades. Um, yeah, so like it was uh, originally Walt produced uh, a Laughogram cartoon based on Cinderella. Oh. Uh, and he wanted to produce a second... Because Laughograms, for those of you who don't know, was like Walt's original, original animation company. Like back before he even started Disney Disney Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh and, uh, yeah, so he wanted to produce a second version in 1933 as a Silly Symphony short. Um, but uh, I guess one of the animators uh, was attached, and um, I think they were, they had ultimately decided not to go forward with it because uh story was proved too complicated to condense into a short. You know, in order to get, I guess, the full scope of the story, you can't, you can't just, you can't, you can't condense the story into like a 10 minute short. At least that's mm-hmm. how they felt. Uh, they felt that I guess that they wouldn't have done it justice, and so it was. Uh, they suggested it to become a full feature film as early as 1938, starting with a 14-page mm-hmm. outline. Uh, and then two years later, a second treatment was written, uh, in which stepmother, the Cinderella stepmother, was named Florimel de la Pochelle, which Florimel is interesting. Florimel de la Pochelle. Wow. Yeah, stepsisters <laughs> uh, Wanda and uh, Jabot. Uh, mm-hmm. Pet Mouse, Dusty, and Pet Turtle, Clarissa. It was going to be a turtle, <laughs> which I think is wow. funny. Sure. Uh, stepsisters Cat, Bomb, Bob, Prince's aide, Spink, and the stepsisters dancing instructor, uh, Monsieur Carnival. Now, this version stuck very, very close to the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, original fairy tale, sorry. Until Cinderella arrives home late after the second ball. So, this, so in this original cut, they were going to do the three-night uh, festival thing. In which her and then her step uh, family imprisons Cinderella in the dungeon sent in the dungeon cellar, uh, and Spink and his troops arrive at the La Pochelle residence. Uh, Dusty takes the slipper and leads them to free Cinderella, rather than uh, cin- rather than in the animated version in which the in which um, uh, Jacques, who Cinderella calls Jack, which I was like weird yeah. about. I was like. That's not what I remember. I remember mm-hmm. him name, being named Jacques. Anyway, in which uh, Jacques and Gus pull the key from Lady Tremaine's pocket while they're trying on the slipper, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so she lock, unlocks herself and then rushes down the stairs. That's in the that's in this film version. Uh, by September of 1943, uh, Disney had assigned a couple other people. Uh, to begin work on Cinderella as story supervisors and gave a preliminary budget of $1 million. However, by 1945, the preliminary story work was halted. And then actually during writing stages of Song of the South, uh, Dalton Raymond and Maurice Rapp, uh, who were some of the original writers, were quarreling. And then Rapp was reassigned to work on Cinderella instead. And in this version, Cinderella was written to be a less passive character than Snow White and more rebellious against her stepfamily, which I think we still kind of see. Because, again, like we like, as you had pointed out, she's still very she still very much has her own agency and she still very much kind of has her own mind. 
Mm-hmm. Rap uh, explains, quote, my thinking was you can't have somebody who comes in and changes everything for you. You can't be delivered on a platter. You've got to earn it. So in my version, the fairy godmother said, it's okay till midnight, but from then it's up to you, unquote. Or no, sorry, that doesn't close the quote. Uh, I made, I made, <laughs> I made her earn it, and what she had to do to achieve it was to rebel against her stepmother and stepsisters to stop being a slave in her own home. So I had a scene where they're ordering her around, and she throws stuff at back at them. She revolts, awesome. so they lock her up in the attic. I don't think anyone took my idea very seriously. Close quote. Now, how do you think the story would have changed if that, if we had a scene like that, if we had a scene in which Cinderella was like, you know what? I'm fucking done and just throws everything out and just stops and just locks and gets locked in the attic. How do you think that would change? How do you think that would change your character? Well, I like, I don't see Cinderella as not being like that. I just think like she knows that if she does that, she's a dead duck. Basically, Uh she'll lose her freedom. She'll lose her chances. Like, I I really see Cinderella as waiting for her chance. Um, But I mean, like, you know, she does get locked in the attic in the live action remake and she still makes it out by singing out the window. Yeah, I do think it's I I do. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would love to see it, too. But I, I can also see how it would kind of be more or less out of character only because throughout the rest of the story that we've seen in the film, she doesn't seem like that kind of person she's not very outwardly aggressive she's very soft-hearted she's very kind there's a moment where she like picks up a broom and like chases after uh lucifer after he's like walked all over her freshly cleaned floor with like dirt and stuff and she kind of like gets Mm -hmm. up grabs the broom. she's like i'm gonna teach that cat a lesson and we're like fuck yeah because the cat's a shit um yeah but other than that I can see that, you know, if she were to suddenly like throw a platter of food at her stepsisters and stepmother, I, it just wouldn't, I don't know. I just don't think it would work just because I don't see that kind of outward aggression coming from Cinderella. Not that she's not capable of it, but just that the the narrative doesn't lend for that sort of thing to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think she's too smart. Like, um... I've been in bad situations before where I knew that if I did that, I would be in big trouble. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I just I see Cinderella as being kind of cunning. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. She's very, very smart. She's very smart. So uh, in in 1946, uh, Disney held three story meetings uh, that and subsequently received treatment from a few of the writers. uh, And this is where you get more of the story editing process and everything. Uh, after Fun and Fancy Free, the Walt Disney Productions bank debt declined from four point two million to three million. So they got because they because uh, Fun and Fancy Free was actually a fairly successful movie for them. They just kept pushing for this movie to be next on the docket. But by then, they also had two other projects working at the same time because the 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 Disney company is always having multiple movies happening at the same time. But yes. around here, you had Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, and Peter Pan, which were all in development at the same time. Now, Disney felt that the characters in Alice and Peter Pan were too cold, while Cinderella contained elements similar to Snow White, which we can kind of see. Uh, And so greenlit Cinderella, uh, selecting his top tier animation talent to to work on it. But at the same time, Alice was still in uh, in production as kind of like the B movie, more or less. Mm. And then suddenly just Cinderella just kept progressing further and further and further and faster uh, until finally it was like 
this is going to be the one that we release kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. And so it's interesting to think that like Cinderella was in development for so long. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like there waiting to, to have its moment until finally it came out and then it pretty much saved the company because mm-hmm. like if this this if this movie had not succeeded the way that it did 100 percent the company would like oh yeah flopped that's yeah. that's crazy I'm, to me that it was like literally like it, I'm it glad came they took down their to time this. yeah yeah but well, i yes. also think it was just the smart decision to have this movie because if you compare this movie if you compare cinderella to the other two movies that were that were in production if you compare this to alice and peter it feels entirely different like it feels it it feels like a different movie it feels like a classic disney film more or less yeah i I agree with you yes absolutely like it to me more than snow white this set the standard for like what disney disney's calling card and trademark was um, yeah. with the t- with the really distinct animal sidekicks and everything and uh it just it's so magical. Yeah. I think you listening should revisit this movie and just see how wonderful it is because I bet oh, you don't remember how wonderful it is. You yeah, know, that's like, my recommendation. 100%. Like I fully believe this movie holds up. Um Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Lady Tremaine as a villain. Like, because objectively, this movie doesn't really have what we would kind of, I guess, identify as a villain villain that we know. Like, there is no clear, you know, there is no big bad. It's really just Lady Tremaine is just straight up an abusive mother. And it's scary because if you really think about it, Lady Tremaine is probably one of the scariest uh villains in 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 the disney canon i agree because i'm supposed to love you well it's not even just that but because of how real this feels as uh as an antagonist right because like you know this kind of abuse happens a lot and this kind of abuse happens very common Mm. uh very often absolutely right and so like comparing comparing Lady Tremaine to like I don't know to Ursula or something, uh, or even to Maleficent, it's very very different because like you have Maleficent who's supposed to be like the mistress of evil. She's like the embodiment of of evil. Yeah. And you have Ursula who's you know an evil witch kind of thing. But then and you have they're Lady magic. Tremaine, and they're magic. They're magic. And then you have Lady Tremaine who has no she has no special features. She has no special powers or anything to like physically affect the world around cinderella except for the fact that she's able to hold this power over her yes and the thing is is that that kind of that kind of thing and that kind of villainy occurs in everyday life and in real life right and like i feel like this kind of this kind of villain i think is not only the scariest that uh that can exist in these kinds of stories but you also don't see another villain like this until we come to like Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. When, when oh yeah, you're Frollo. absolutely right. Yeah, and we'll get to Frollo once we get to Hunchback. But that's, we have a lot that's to a, talk about. Yeah, but that's a very similar idea. Mm-hmm. And so uh, here's yeah. a fun fact about Lady Tremaine. Uh huh. 
I'm just going to quote the IMDb thing because it's written perfectly. Walt yes. Disney told the animators animating Lady Tremaine to portray her as Joan Crawford gone mad. <laughs> I love that. I think that's hilarious and will change the way I watch this movie forevermore. <laughs> that's very funny. Well, yeah, because you can, you can see it, can't you? Yep. Just like the the... For lack of a better phrase, the pretentious nature of Joan Crawford. Yeah. You can see that. You can really see that. That's very funny. I can see her face in it too, honestly. Yeah. Joan Crawford is hilarious. I That's I love funny. her. Like good yeah. for her. I wish I could have grown up to be Joan Crawford, but like I didn't have the audacity. But she mm. did. Good yeah, for she her. Did. <laughs> <laughs> uh All right. Does this prince have a name? Uh he does in the he sequels. Does. He does in the he sequels. He doesn't okay, in this. Okay, okay. No, he doesn't he's not even referred to as Prince Charming. He's just the prince. Oh yeah, that's true. And whenever the king says he's like my son, the prince, and blah blah blah. Yeah, I believe his name in the sequels is Kit. Really? Like the car from Knight Rider. Kit. Kit. I don't. I like might that. be wrong. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll see once we get to it. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. So, do you have any final thoughts of this movie? I liked it. So did I. I fully recommend it. Hundred percent. Watch this movie. It won. It a thousand percent holds up. Yep. The music in this movie is is beautiful. I love the songs. All, it all it, it's all really good. Really good music. And yeah. um you know like if you're going to watch it with your child talk to them about it but I wouldn't say it's offensively unfeminist. No, cuz like the majority of the cast in this film in this movie are women. Yeah. For one. I mean, right? I think Sleeping Beauty is a lot more unfeminist than this one if we're going to like be analyzing that way. That's fair. We can talk about that we'll once talk we get to about it. We'll talk about it as we get to Living Beauty. Um, it doesn't matter. She's still so pretty. I really love Aurora. Putting her down. <laughs> we do like. I, I do like Aurora. She's very fun. Anyway, I want to be Aurora. That's who I want to be. <laughs> Princess wise, I want to be Aurora. I want to marry Prince Philip. I would like him to conquer a dragon, and I would like to be kissed by him. That's. I want her hair. I want her dress. I want her fairies. I want to be Aurora. I'm not putting her down, but she's not a feminist. <laughs> Fair. Fair. We'll get into more detail of that once we get to Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like, I got time. Do you want to just talk about Sleeping Beauty for an hour right now? No, I'm we ready. can't. Not yet. No, <laughs> we need to watch it first. We got oh. to go in order. Oh, but I'm going to tell you, take... honestly, I watched it four times last month, so. It's going to take us forever to fucking get to that movie. We'll just because, like, well, only because the Silver Age is going to take us so long. <laughs> I mean, Anwar, how many how many years of life do we have left? Like, 100, 120? We'll get there. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. It's fine. Um, all right. So yeah, final thoughts of this movie. It's great. Watch it. It's beautiful. I love it. I love the I love the songs in this movie. I think uh, "A Dream Is a Wish Your Heart Makes" is a beautiful, beautiful song, and it's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Uh, so this is love. Also is wonderful. I, is fully iconic. Um, uh, 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 um, oh, we can do it. We can do it. We can help the Cinderellas. Also iconic. I love. I love the mice. I love. It is very, I love that, Gus is, Gus. that is very love very Jack. fun. Um, mm-hmm. What is it called? A uh, sweet sweet nightingale. I think it's called. Oh yeah, uh, sing sweet nightingale. That's it. Sing sweet nightingale is like one of the was one of the earliest examples of layering in 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 a song mm-hmm. because like they they it's like one of the earliest examples of multi track because uh, the singer. Uh, who did the singing voice for Cinderella and actually no the the full voice full speaking and singing voice of Cinderella I believe uh Eileen Woods which in and of itself is already fairly rare because I feel like 
I feel like they they did this very often in which they would have a different singer for the uh for the act for the voice actors. I feel like that's just kind of a thing that Disney would do very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eileen Woods was able to multi-track herself and able to harmonize with herself in that moment because it's you know she sings she harmonizes with with the bubbles and the reflections and it's very very pretty and a very cool sequence but yeah that was just one of the earliest examples of that sort of thing so so cool yeah watch it watch it it's great cinderella is really really nice we like it all right uh what's next week anwar uh next week i don't know do you want to watch the remake the The remake yeah let's let's watch the live action action remake well yeah 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 let's do that yeah we'll do the live action version just just because We'll do we'll do that for we'll do that one first before we get into the the actual like straight to DVD sequels or whatever. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool. Join us next week for Lily James's take on Cinderella and the fucking blue dress. It's blue. <laughs> but Helena right. Bonham Carter. But Helena Gar- Bonham Carter's makeup design, which is not her fault, but we'll get there. <laughs> All, right, All right, we'll get there. See you real All soon, right. Musketeers. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.